Thank you for listening to the Divine Nobodies Podcast with Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe so you never miss a show. If you're on Instagram, please follow us at Divine Nobodies Podcast and join our ever-growing community of lightworkers and spiritual visionaries. Together, we can raise the frequency of our planet and bring in a new era of awakening and understanding. Welcome to our tribe. And now your hosts, Eric Ajna and Jennifer Lynn. Thank you for tuning in. Divine Nobody's Podcast. Jen, it's back. What's back? It's back. Mercury Retrograde is back. It is back. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a new one. It's actually Mercury Retrograde in Gemini. It started on the 29th at 6.33 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it oh. goes until about June 22nd. Have you been feeling, feeling the vibes? Nothing. I didn't even I didn't even know it was Mercury retrograde to be honest. Yeah. I just found out today. And I was like, yeah, oh, I shit. didn't know until I didn't know yeah. until yesterday. And uh, for those that are listening, if you're not familiar with Mercury retrograde, which is something that me and Jen commonly bring up on the podcast, because uh, one, it, it affects communication predominantly, uh, which is something that me and me and Jen typically like to do, mainly because <laughs> uh, Gemini is uh, about communication. So it overlaps actually with the new moon eclipse, which happened um, I think last week as well. Uh, the backward travel of Mercury and Gemini tends to have intensified power, especially during that time with the uh, the eclipse. So mm-hmm. if you experience uh, challenges like delays, technical glitches, miscommunication, um, especially because it's in Gemini, this is this is the the sign of communication, right? These are the twins. so they're they're known to have sort of like two sides. They represent the polarities. So um, especially watch out for things like misunderstandings, gossip information overload things like that so for someone like me and you jim we got to be what uh it says in the four agreements as being impeccable with our words yeah i'm gonna need to work on that because i have an interview tomorrow actually so this is not great timing you do yeah you know what though i i knew i know a few people that are gemini and ask them that same question every single time this sort of mercury thing happens and i'm like well how do you feel during retrograde and they're like it doesn't really wait i don't want to look at it as a negative thing it's just really a time to kind of reflect. And uh, I mean, you can, all different types of things people experience, like X is coming back into the picture. That's a lot to do with things from the past coming into play. But if our moon is already in Gemini and we already practice communication, chances are we've developed the skills in order to not say stupid shit sometimes, even though sometimes it'll happen. Just something yeah. to, to pay attention to. Although I do notice that like certain electronic devices and things like that tend to glitch when they're around me. Yeah. But nothing too crazy. Nothing too crazy. Well, that's good. Yeah, nothing too crazy. So those, uh, definitely watch out for that. So if anybody that's listening, uh, just take this time to kind of just reflect. Uh, re- reflect, don't get uh, too involved in drama that involves communication. Um, Gemini is a pretty strong energy. It can either be black or white. It tends to kind of do that sort of splitting because it represents, like I said, the polarities, which is the, the light and the dark. So you can fall really, really into the light, but also fall equally as hard into the shadow. So whoever it is that you're speaking to, if it includes something like an X, just exercise some caution. Oh, yeah. Always exercise you know I mean? caution. <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're talking to an X, tread lightly. Yeah. Yeah, tread lightly. So wanted to open it up. This is actually, we, 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 me and Jen, we were talking about this the other day. We get a lot of, we, we're part of social media. We draw a lot of influence from there just to kind of see how the community is going. And uh, it influences a lot of the topics that we, we talk about because um, a lot of the movement, a lot of the things that we socialize about have to do with just current events and just where the energy is going. 
And uh, we visited this um, a few episodes, actually, uh, off and on throughout uh, the entirety of different episodes that we've done, where sometimes we'll hop onto social media and we'll pull out some memes specific to certain hashtags. We find it really fun because it's, it's interesting to know where our generation is going. Yeah. And the best way that you can do this is through um, reading sort of memes. I was actually looking at the history of memes today, Jen. Oh, the history of memes. I think yeah, it's a, good, it's a good pulse check. Yeah. Yeah, it's Just a good pulse check. And because I, I, this is the thing, like I remember when memes first came out and uh, they were funny. I always thought them to be really entertaining. And uh, I didn't realize that they'd gain as much traction as they had over the years. And it seems like now to be what I would consider almost like a, uh, universal language. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of people. They get their all of their political information from memes. Really? <laughs> yeah, they don't even watch the news. Yeah, and they're Which funny. I thought to myself the other day, like, what is it about memes that that uh, are just so captivating? And I think, mm-hmm. based off of everything that I've read about it, it's just uh, it is a universal language. It represents sort of the the culture that we're in. The reason why people like it so much is these memes represent a certain behavior. It can represent like different, you know, um, ironies that we experience in life, idiosocratic sort of things. And um, there's this feeling of unity and belonging and understanding whenever we see a meme that's about a specific subject. Maybe it happens to be love and that gets a lot of likes. Um, There's something about it where you feel like people understand because it isn't just, uh, I mean, it is like typical everyday stuff that we see. And how creative people get with them nowadays is is really funny. And we need that sort of humor in our lives. For sure. For sure. And I like, I follow a lot of meme pages where all it is is pages of funny memes. Yeah. Just sometimes it's just like stupid things, you know, stupid things. And you never know when you'll actually become a meme. I mean, that whole Dogecoin (laughs) with uh, cryptocurrency that's out right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you um, subscribe to the whole um, cryptocurrency thing, but Dogecoin started as a joke. It actually started as a meme. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and if you um, have seen it, which I imagine people that have, are listening to this have, it's just a, a picture of a, a Shibu Inu dog, mm-hmm. and it's just really goofy and it's so silly. And I think that's the irony of 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 it is that um, something seemingly so serious now, because people are hopping on the the Dogecoin train because of uh, I think an SNL episode that Elon Musk was a part Elon of, Musk, and everybody's yeah. going and mining and and purchasing uh, Bitcoin, which I think is around like thirty or forty cents right now. So, side note, if you guys are into cryptocurrency, I missed the boat on Bitcoin and I missed the boat on Ethereum. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to miss the boat again on it. So, I picked up some Dogecoin and anybody that's listening, I mean, you might as well. It's, it's so cheap. You might as well just buy yourself a few shares of Dogecoin. And if uh, you want to sell it any time in the future, you might as well just do it. All right. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a crypto girl. I don't understand yeah. it. And I've watched... A bunch of documentaries on it and i still don't understand it i've had people try really? to explain it to me i still don't understand it <laughs> yeah well i mean it's it's not for everybody and mm-hmm. i mean i'm not really i'm not really really into it either but you know it, it a few dollars here and there you might as well just try it out and see where it leads you you know what i mean sure yeah so as far as what i'm saying like uh, memes are are uh, a big fan of the community me and jen are really big fans of it so what we wanted to do today is just kind of test out the waters and see what we can find on Instagram. We choose usually a, a hashtag that we find interesting, mainly because, uh, well, we, we mainly look up the ones that involve love because I think that's the, the, the easier one, I think, to communicate about because me and Jen talk about love a lot. And maybe in the future, we'll revisit it and look at other things. 
So we'll look at uh, Instagram and we'll pull up some memes. We're going to actually read them off and see what we can derive from them. And uh, it's, it's an interesting journey, definitely, because you can find a lot of really clever shit on there, but you can also find some pretty, pretty sad, depressing stuff. But the one thing that I do respect about them is that they're, they can be very real. And you, it, mm-hmm. almost, it almost seems like um, sometimes that it's like, I imagine like a girl, you know, uh, experienced maybe some, some trauma, maybe her boyfriend broke up with her and then she just decided to write a meme and post it on her Instagram and it's just specifically callous. Oh, you know what man. I mean? Yeah. And it's so uncomfortable for everyone else reading it because they know who it's about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice because it's not sugar-coated. And I appreciate the authenticity of somebody that is willing to just speak their mind mm-hmm. and be vulnerable in that way. You know, so memes are, they're like a social currency. It's how we relate to one another and it's how we connect. I mean, I share memes with my friends all the time. Do you? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, so they're fun when you see them. So the hashtag that we're going to look up today is a, a few different ones. You can hashtag love, hashtag love memes, hashtag love quotes, pretty much anything involving love. And we're just going to read them off. And we're actually going to pull these up randomly. And we're just going to see what comes up and see if we can derive some wisdom from them. You know what I so think Jen, is, is funny about this too? is the algorithm so my hashtag love is very different from your hashtag love just based on the things that we that uh we search and look at and what we read so it'll be interesting to see the kind of stuff that you pull up i think my stuff is going to be a lot more vapid and empty and yours are going to be more deep (laughs) if i had i don't know about that one thing (laughs) that i noticed because we we pulled up this hashtag before and i remember um getting a lot of good information from it. But when I looked up like hashtag love, I actually started seeing a lot of posts from India. I, you know, today. Have you started seeing that? Yeah, yes. A lot of posts from India and um, a lot of memes in Spanish. And I don't speak Spanish, so I don't know why that would be. Yeah, like stuff stuff like that. And yeah. so I had to kind of, kind of filter through those um, a little bit mm-hmm. and uh, try and, you know, uh, find stuff through that, but it was definitely a different experience now. And I know that people are using and getting more creative with hashtags because after a while they just get so saturated. So it's harder to find harder to get your post out there mm-hmm. to a group, you know, but yeah, you know what, let's, let's start with you, Jen. And you can okay. probably find some really interesting ones. Okay. This is from, um, my therapist says, and mm-hmm. it says, should I call you or should we quick, quickly resolve this with 200 text messages? Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> you ever yeah, done that before where funny. it's like, where you, you, uh, I mean, I think everybody's done this at some point, you know, because a lot it, of people that are afraid to get on the phone. Pick up the damn phone. I think it's an age yeah. thing. It has to be, right? I think so. I remember, I, I remember, mm-hmm. go ahead. I remember seeing this, uh, this article a while back and it was about like dating tips for, uh, for people. And I think the number one uh, dating tip in order to catch a girl's attention Guess what it was? What? Call her. To call her. Yeah. yeah. You'd be surprised. People in the dating world, especially if you're on Tinder, or you're using all these online apps, a lot of these people get used to using text messages. Right. You know, and they get this, get into this whole game of uh, exchanging words in that way. So the way that they kind of phrased it in the article was like, you know, when a woman calls you, I imagine they kind of approach it in the same way that you approach it when you hear somebody knock at your door. There's just sort of like this. Like, wait, wait what? Am I in yeah. trouble? Like, are the feds after me? Like, it's so, 
I mean, it, it, it wasn't a part of our generation because it's part of the generation that me and you were a part of. People still used phones, but now it seems like such a far-off concept to have somebody actually give you a call. You're just like, whoa, this guy's got some balls. Yeah, oh, totally. You know, that's a good point too, and I was thinking about this in our generation. Phones have made it okay to be habitually late, and that pisses me off. So back in our day, if you're going to meet someone at 5 o'clock at the Dairy Queen, if they weren't there by 5.05, you're like, they're dead. They must be dead, you yeah. know, because there was yeah. no way. Like once you left your house, there was no cell phone. There was no way to get in touch with you after you left your house. Like yeah. if you committed to meet at the Dairy Queen at 5 o'clock, everybody was there at 5 o'clock. So oh. I think it's interesting. It's interesting so you've had how- guys um, be late with you on a date? Is it... Uh, it I mean, imagine how this sort of like plays out. Mm-hmm. Like they tell you, they just, they, they, they text you because they have the ability to text you that they're going to be late. And it's say, hey, like I'm going to be like five pass. minutes in traffic. Going to be yeah. 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, 30 minutes later. Hey, you know, there's no parking. Let's meet somewhere else. You know, that's true. I imagine if we didn't have the ability to text, it would be a lot more detrimental that you get there on time. Because if you're not there on time, mm-hmm. person's just going to think you're not going to show up at all. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I get what you're saying. You see what I I'm get saying? What you're saying. Be, yeah. But I've done that though. But we also have to take it into account like the, the differences and, and how things have evolved. Like mm-hmm. we, I, I live in Los Angeles. You can't get anywhere in 30 minutes. That's true. Even if it's uh, in downtown LA. So if I make a date at like some cafe in like Century City, uh, I can try and gauge the time based off of the traffic, but there's no guarantee that I'll get there in time. And then once you actually get there, just like you said, parking structure, it's just mm-hmm. so busy. I mean, maybe that's just something that affects me, but I think it's maybe a courtesy to just text and be like, hey, I'm going to be a little bit late. But because I've experienced this before and I think it did work against me in some ways because women, especially somebody that you don't know, they're not going to care. Some mm-hmm. people are very punctual. I make absolutely sure to get there at least an hour and a half before time, beforehand. That's me. I'm, uh, if you're not early, you're late in my book. Yeah. That's how I am. But yeah. How do you feel about, um, are you are you a walking in together type of gal? Or are you a, whoever gets there first gets the table and sits down and then the other person arrives? You know, I am a whoever gets there first. I'll really? meet you at the table. Yeah. Because usually it's, but, you know, it just kind of depends on where it's at. So if you're in downtown LA, you don't want to stand on the street for 30 minutes. You're like, oh, I'm just going to go and get a table because there's yeah. going to be a wait anyway. Uh-huh. And maybe get a drink while I wait on this person. Yeah. And that makes sense. And I've struggled with that. Like I wondered like, okay, like, should I go in and get the table and then have her walk in? Cause then there's, there, there, there's some guys and I, I've spoken to about this and they're like, well, you don't want to make it seem like you got there really early. You want to make you want to make it seem like you got there at the same time so that she knows that you weren't waiting around for her. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. But I don't know why anybody would care about that. Yeah, those sound like games, right? That sounds like a, a stupid game too. Yeah, right? it's like right. Oh, I just Who's got thinking here. about that. Nobody gives you a got shit. here too. Like, oh, yeah. we just got here at the same time. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it makes sense as as a man. Um, you know, the chivalrous thing would be to go in, get the table for her, and then mm-hmm. when she arrives, to you know, open like to to let out the chair and then allow her yeah. to sit down. And if you're in a booth, stand up. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. So I think the moral of that one, Mm -hmm. that story is you guys have something really, especially if it's a make or break situation, like you guys are at, you know, you guys are at the very tip of possibly breaking up. You want to pick up your phone and actually give her a call. Yeah. You know, 
you can tell a lot about a person by a phone call, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some people when I did the online dating thing for a minute that online, you know, everything was cool. Exchange some messages back and forth. You're like, yeah, okay. I yeah. could meet this person. They seem cool. And then you talk mm. to him on the phone and you're like, no way. This guy is a douche. Yeah. So, I don't know. I get I what you're saying good, too. Cause you could be screen. anybody you want to be on the phone, uh, on oh, a text message. Anybody. Yeah. So it's like this idea of like you have, uh, you, it's a possibility that you'll be more authentically you because you're going with the first sort of mm -hmm. stream of consciousness that comes into play. And it's harder to play games in that way if you're somebody right. that plays games. So it's if you have text message and you, if somebody texts you and you have 30 minutes to think about a response, you can formulate your thoughts and mm -hmm. you know um, reply accordingly. And I think that serves a good purpose in some ways, but it's a good way to filter through who the genuine people are. Because if yeah. they are authentically who they say, then the story won't change if they get on the phone and actually have a conversation with you. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes I need that. Like sometimes when, when, when somebody's asking you like a really complex question or you, you want to make sure that you're um, responding correctly, I do take some time um, to write it out. But there's nothing that takes the place of human interaction. Agreed. You know? Yeah. Like for you, is there something about the proximity of a guy there that makes you more likely to date them in opposed to trying to connect with somebody over the phone. What do you mean? Proximity, like in person? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, and here's my rule for dating anybody out there. This is, this is how you do it. Don't ever commit to dinner or lunch or anything that's going to be long, especially if it's the first time, because if you don't oh. like them, then you're stuck there for like an hour. And then shit's awkward and it's like, well, we don't have anything else to talk about. And you're just looking at each other. Um, oh. So commit to like a coffee or um, happy hour or something easy that you can get out of. Like, oh, it was so great to meet you. I'm so sorry. I got to run. I've yeah. got X, Y, and Z to do. Got to pick up my dry cleaning before it closes, whatever. Um, and that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that that's kind of my role. Because when you're in person, that's how you really know if there's a spark, if there's a connection. And, yeah. you know, pictures just, pictures are tough. Pictures mm -hmm. are really tough. Because, of course, people are only going to post their very best picture. And now, with all the, like, editing tools and, you know, Facetune yeah. and all this jazz, like, people in filters, people do not look like their pictures. I mean, yeah. at all. You know, it must be hard for women. I've actually spoken to um, a few uh, female friends that said it's hard to filter through the guys that have pictures with them holding fish on, on boats. Oh, Lord. <laughs> no fish picture. No fish picture. No hunting picture. Nobody wants but, to see your barbaric man catch. There's got to be something to it, Jen. I mean, I don't get it. I, I, I associate it with the, exactly what you're talking about. But if there are that many guys posing with pictures of fish, on a oh, boat, man, the fish there's got to be a reason why they do it. Do you think that there are women out there that somehow associate that with a certain status? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think for men, because men think it's cool, they think women will think it's cool, but that's actually not the case. Most women are not interested in how big of a fish you caught. And maybe there's some kind of like biologic need that's happening. Like, oh, this man could catch a fish he could provide. Like, oh, I yeah. don't know if there's some kind of subconscious thing going on there. I don't yeah. know, but I did this, I'm not uh, a fan this of fish pictures. I had this conversation <laughs> with with with, uh, with somebody, and, and they said they said, "Okay, I want you to look at two pictures. There are two pictures of two guys holding fish, right? One guy held, had a, a fish in his hand that was huge. Mm -hmm. It was a big fish, right? And he he 
there, there was something very masculine about that. And then there was another guy that had a picture of like a really tiny fish, right? <laughs> a little, a small, small fish, right? She was like, mm-hmm. well, which one do you think will get the date? I'm like, well, I mean, I usually don't play that game, but there's, there's something, like you say, that's, that's biologically, I imagine, draws women over to the man that could catch a bigger fish. Mm-hmm. But the guy that had the smaller fish looked like the nicest guy. Aww. Like he looked like the nicest guy. He was just like, oh, look what I caught this little fish. And he was, you know, he, he approached in a very humble way. <laughs> it was still a win because somebody that yeah. maybe like the other guy that had the huge fish may have caught the fish and thrown it back and said, no, this isn't big enough. Mm-hmm. But the guy with the small fish was like, you know what? I'm going to receive what nature has to provide to me. Yeah. And I'm grateful for everything. Aww. But does the nice guy finish last? Would the nice guy get a date if he saw a man with a big fish with also his fish with the little with his picture with the little fish? You know, I just thought of a really good a really good photo to post on a dating app as maybe yeah. a guy holding a goldfish in a bag and then caption yeah. it this is my proverbial guy fish picture, right? Oh, he's yeah. got like his little goldfish in a bag. Hey, I uh-huh. got a fish. That, that's a guy I with thought, a sense I of humor. I would think it was funny. Yeah. That, that's a guy with a sense of humor. Yeah. That's for sure. Because it's like, it, it's, it's, uh, it, that's more of like a, a statement piece. I think it's just sort of bypassing that whole sort of primitive game and being like, look, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a little different. Yeah. And you know but, what other pictures I don't like about the guys post are the group photos with their boys that is yeah. clearly from when they were in college. And that yeah. was 15 years, 15, 20 years ago. You don't look like that anymore. You haven't looked yeah. like that in a long time. And yeah. I don't even know which one you are because everybody has <laughs> the same spiky hair with frosted tips. I don't it, know. It's the one, it's the, it's the only guy in the picture that doesn't have the, the dog ears and the dog nose and the little tongue sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> what is up with that? I mean, I, I, I mean, don't know. You might be able to add some perspective to that, but what's up with the filters where they have like either... The, it, this is the thing that I see with guys in, in their profiles is that they do have those photos like you're talking about mm-hmm. and they have what appears to be an obvious woman next to them, mm-hmm. but their face is blurred out and yeah. other faces are blurred out. It's okay, like, wouldn't yeah. a woman automatically assume like, hey, um, this is probably somebody you dated. Oh, oh, totally. The picture couldn't be that good, bro. Yeah, it's not that good. Find another picture. Have, yeah, have one of your friends photo. take a take a selfie. I don't know, do something. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that one where they're at a wedding and it's like maybe their wedding date and you can see her arm <laughs> and part of her dress. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, oh yeah, no, this isn't my girlfriend that I've just blurred the face of, even though you can see sort of like her body from the neck down. It's like, no, yeah. no, it's not a woman I was <laughs> nah. with. Huh. Or know, imagine you get those sort of like, um, I imagine to be like fuckboy types that are totally okay with taking pictures with other women. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, no hey, problem. this is me. Yeah. This and, is what I do. You know, maybe that's a good thing because then you know yeah. what you're getting into. I think the female equivalent to the guy holding the fist gen is, at least from what I see, are um, women that do uh, yoga poses in front of popular monuments and establishments. Yes. Yes. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, that is so good. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Or there's also the, the, the same sort of vein as the guy holding the fish. They, there's just something about like women taking photos on boats and yachts with like a glass of Chardonnay in their hand. Oh, yeah. That's, there's a part that's of me that thinks it's a status thing. It's got to be a status thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's like, it's like oh, I'm one of those me. people that like likes to hang out on boats and, and drink drink alcohol. That's like their fancy bitch photo. Yeah. And then, and then their hiking photo with the yoga pose is so, you know, they're outdoorsy yeah. too. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're like doing downward dog and in, in, in front of like a the Eiffel Tower and you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's totally cool. And that's totally cool if you want to go. I mean, I, I've seen those photos and I'm like, all right, all right. You can't say, can't say no to a yoga, yoga pose. But I just imagine the people that are around there being like, what is this chick doing? What's this chick I had, doing? I had a date this, I don't know why I just thought of this, but I had a, a an internet date and the first thing that the guy said to me was like, wow, you are really not photogenic. And I was oh like, oh my gosh, he said that? Yeah. I was like, oh, what is a that joke. Was a he compliment? Aries? I was like, well, he was like, oh, you look way better in person. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like, we're not. You didn't really think start. that one through. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, you can't say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's okay you if you think that in, in your head, but you don't say that to the person. That is what yeah. we like to call a backhanded compliment. Right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it's funny. I had a, I had a really, um, a really good friend and one of, one of her friends she would bring around all the time. And I always thought she was kind of a little stuck up mm-hmm. and, um, she came to my house and she said, she looked around and she goes, Oh, wow. Your house is actually kind of nice. <laughs> actually. Like, she had this other actually in there. <laughs> Your house is actually kind of nice. I was like, yeah. Oh, thanks. Actually, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah, this is, you know, I I think we we observe a lot more than maybe some people do. I've experienced my share of stuff like that before. And you're just like, kind of takes you by surprise. And you're like, wait, wait, did you really just say that? Like, uh, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, red flag number one. (laughs) All right. So, uh, yeah, if you have something uh, really important to say, get on the phone. If you're a guy and you're listening to this, give her a call. Trust me. If it's your first date, it's somebody that you meet on Tinder. I mean, play your cards right. You got to get the number first. But if that number actually comes in the field, if, if, if they give you their number, like, don't be afraid to give them a call. And, and don't be, be afraid to ask like, for hey. it. I mean, yeah. it's it's not 1990. Somebody can't look up your address in the phone book based on your phone number. You know what I mean? Like, true. ask for the phone number, go for it. Don't yeah, waste your time you being a pen pal. Meet up, see if you have chemistry. If you don't, move on. Yeah, if she gives you the phone. That's like her saying, okay, you yeah. could use this, but use it responsibly. Right. That means give her a call, and and, and you know, don't like text I at totally, three in the morning, you up. Not yeah, I totally get. I totally get that. Like setting the parameters, like okay, make it a couple hours, blah blah. But th- there's just some people say, what, what would you say to this, Jen? Say you, you were on a date with somebody, and you made you made that that those rules. Okay, I'm going to be here for a couple of hours, and say you end up actually clicking really well with the guy. Will mm-hmm. you make an exception and extend it, or will oh, you yeah. hold strong and be like, you know, what? I'm I'm still going to give off this impression that like I have stuff to do as a part mm-hmm. of that whole game. So you'll, you'll let it go. Yeah, no. I mean, how often connections are really rare. You don't want to miss an opportunity, right? By yeah. playing a game. I mean, yeah. you want to be authentically you and enjoy that person's company and continue the date. If you feel that's what's right. Yeah. And you'll know like yeah. well, women and men, they give off like pretty, pretty subtle sort of behaviors. You know, a woman can like put her hand on like your, your leg or she'll want to like sit close to you start asking you, personal questions, things like that. So you just read the energy, right? Oh, and touching her hair. That's a good sign. Oh yeah. Like when she's touching her neck and she's like, Hey, mm-hmm. is that like a thing? I wonder why that's a thing when a woman like touches her neck, touches her it's neck, like touches her hair, space, right? like fixes her hair. It does this like any, any time a woman is touching herself, it's, yeah. it's usually because they're, that's like a, you know, a, Hey, what's up? Sign, you know? <laughs> like that they're like hey they're hey. just like thinking about how they're gonna devour you it's like that 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 sort of like movement is like a almost like i imagine like a cat when they're thinking because their t- their tails kind of move when their tail yeah exactly yeah 
It's like the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like we're in the wild, just in a different way. Okay, we're going to move <laughs> on to the next one. And uh, the one that I have here, this is by Committed Underscore Advice, from Washington State, USA. It says, I think the sign of a true soulmate isn't someone you just want to do the super cool stuff with. A real soulmate is the person who makes any ordinary day fun. Some people make all these huge plans to do with their special someone. Forget that. Find someone who can take grocery shopping with and still have a blast with. Find someone who makes you look forward to waking up on Monday. I this is really, really important. like that one. That's a good we, one. Because we, we tend to romanticize how that person is going to be when we start hanging out with them and doing things with them. And that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to want to do the doing things and, and, and romanticize my sort of like notebook scenario in my mind. Mm-hmm. But that is the honeymoon phase, right? And that is something that everybody goes through. But the sustainable piece about a relationship is how that person integrates into your regular everyday, day-to-day life. So true. And there are some people that could get through the honeymoon phase and just kill it, like just like completely be the best person you can possibly want them to be. But the second they enter into the everyday stuff, the real world stuff, there are some chicks that'll just bounce, some men that'll mm-hmm. just bounce. Like they, they, something about them doesn't want to get into the normal day-to-day stuff. And I've experienced mm-hmm. this before. But you'll know you have a keeper when you have a woman and you have a man that is willing to just go to the grocery store with you mm-hmm. and just do regular everyday things with, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like you stuff like that. Care. And I'm thinking about this. It's like, I, I've experienced that before where it's like you you take somebody to the grocery store and you're having conversations. I mean, I like to communicate, but you're like going through, walking through the aisles, talking about what your favorite snacks are, giving them shit for buying said product and being like, well, what are you eating that for? And That's it just becomes Toaster this conversation. Turtles, who fucking eats that shit? What are we, 12? <laughs> exactly. exactly. Pizza pockets? They still make those? <laughs> Pizza pocket? Right. Yeah. And finding somebody that can just do regular everyday with, every, regular everyday stuff with is really fun. Mondays can be a really arduous sort of endeavor for people. Oh, yeah. And it's hard to find somebody that isn't, you know, got, the, got themselves round around the axle on Mondays. And you have that one person that is completely understands the game that's going on, especially on a weekday, and still decides to show up for you and still still decides to do the regular everyday stuff. Like I remember I, I was dating somebody and they, uh, I had uh, gotten, uh, somebody had not ran into my car with their car, but they sort of like backed out and scraped the side of it. And that mm-hmm. was like an ordeal, right? And she just happened to be with me. And I thought to myself like, man, and, and how am I gonna do this? And she's like, let's go to the, let's go to the, the auto place and get one of those scratch removal things. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I was technically right. on like a sort of like date, like a day date sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, let's go get a scratch. I'm like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll fix this. So we went Aww. out and she just hung out with me the whole day trying to figure out how to get these scratches off, which ended up being successful. We ended up working out. Oh, cool. But it was obviously somebody that didn't compartmentalize how a date should be mm-hmm. and how a connection should be. It's just like right. somebody that went with the flow. Yeah. Someone that went with the flow. That check sounds you can find cool. somebody that if you can find someone that can just do ordinary stuff with, make everything everything fun, even down to just, you know, deciding on a whim that you just want to cook dinner, you're not entirely sure what you're gonna do, or decide on a whim that you want to just hop in the car and go to like a, a plant shop and just look for plants. Oh, that's my favorite thing to do. Really? I love plant shops. Yeah. Love them. I like to just walk around and look at all the different plants and I'm like, ooh. And then I'll I'll read their care instructions and I'm like, nope. You can't live at my house. 
<laughs> if oh, they're yeah. too much work. If they're like, oh, you know, they need to be misted and all this bullshit. Nope. Yeah. No can do. Which, side note, Jen, just a, as a, a, something I really actually meant to, to talk about in the beginning, but this is really, really important. I found out who was digging up my fucking plants. A cat. No. no? A kid. A, a squirrel. Kid? No. Why would, why would a kid just go onto my porch and knock over my plants? I don't know. Because the whole story is I have a, I have a ring camera. Well, my, my plants had been uh, violated, and I have, like, prized <laughs> plants like Monsteras and, and Pathos yeah. and things like that. And uh, I love them. They, they're, like, a, a really nice form of meditation. So anybody that's listening, it's, like, a nice um, ritual, a nice sadhana that you can do is just buy some plants and take care of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so my plants, I'd walk out in the morning, and they'd be tip, toppled over. There were some plants that were completely dug out of the soil. I couldn't figure out what it was, so I ended up getting a ring camera in hopes that I can figure out who the perpetrator is, and I can never <laughs> find anything except for Friday of last week. I get this notification on my phone that there's motion at my door. Mind you, this is a, mind you. It did, my plants had still been toppled over even with the ring cam. I couldn't figure it out. It mm. wasn't picking up the movement like it should. I even moved the ring cam to like right in front of the plants to see if it would pick it up. It's still nothing. So oh. the only reason why I got motion at my door is because this squirrel <laughs> jumped onto my actual, um, uh, my, the screen of my door and mm-hmm. was like hanging on it uh-huh. and did this thing where it just sort of like scratched its way all the way down. And, oh. then it, and then it started walking over to my plants and it started knocking over my plants. Yeah. And if they have flowers, they'll eat them. They love to eat the flowers. They eat my succulents. Yeah. Oh. They eat my succulents. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do like the succulents. But this saga has been going on for a while, Jen, and the hope was that it wasn't a haunted plant. Mm-hmm. Right? So good thing it wasn't haunted. I didn't bring home haunted plants. No haunted plants. These are just regular-ass squirrels, which yeah. I, I, can, I have to kind of give them a pass because I feed them. You feed them? Yeah, oh, I feed them. Well. I feed them peanuts and dates and things like that, and they they come up to me in the mornings and take it from my hand. Well, yeah, I mean, you yeah. are, uh, according to Heather McCall, the animal communicator. She said that you had a huge animal totem. So yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you just gotta have peanuts. Yeah. I mean, I, I've always had an affinity to animals, and uh, I, I think there's really no exception with uh, the squirrels. They seem they seem to be really friendly with me, and I've actually been with friends. And uh, still only comes to me. It's probably because I feed them. But anyways, I just wanted to bring it up because I f- finally figured out what the mystery was and it was squirrels. So oh can't be gosh. mad about that. Yeah, you can't be mad. Only... They're so cute too. Even yeah, when they're, they're really knocking are. your shit over, you're like, oh, you're so cute. Speaking yeah. of animals, this crazy thing happened day before yesterday. And I messaged um, Jeremy right away and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that this just happened. I'm losing my mind. So I'm working at my desk, you know, doing my day thing. And yeah. Zeppelin, our cat, he jumps up on my desk and he, it's pretty common for him to jump up on my desk and just like sleep on the end. Mm-hmm. And he jumped on the desk and looked over my computer and meowed and it sounded mm-hmm. like, hi mom. And then he just laid down and I stopped and I looked at him. I was like, did he just fucking talk? Did he just say That's, hi mom? He said hi mom. Like, can you, can you demo Jen? Can you, demo. can you do an impression of it? Oh, Come no. on, you can do a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going like, to try. It's going to sound really bad. Okay. Hey, let's do it. Hi, mom. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. And I was like, whoa. I go, I stopped and I looked at him and I go, hey, buddy. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. I can't believe you just talked to me. So, yeah, yeah. anyway. I, I, I've always had the belief that cats could talk. 
Mm-hmm. It's just they're too lazy. <laughs> like they think to themselves like, yeah, I could communicate with you, but, um, and then they just, you know, I'm too lazy to do it. So they just go on re- living their lives. Yeah. Or they think we're too stupid too. And, and we don't deserve it. They're like, you're yeah. dumb. No. Yeah. But she, she, and Jen has a Maine Coon, which is a big ass cat. So when oh, that yeah. cat gets on your counter, you can't avoid it. So she just looked in your eyes and he's just like, hey, mom. Yeah. And he's eight, he's eight months and he is um, about 17 pounds right now. Really? Yeah. That's, kind of a, that's really a baby big. too. Is it going to yeah, get any bigger baby. than that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They get up to like 25, 30 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. But they yeah, grow until awesome. they're four years old, which is crazy. So they grow mm-hmm. really slow. Yeah. So if you were on a dating app, Jen, and mm-hmm. I know that it, as far as the captions and the, the bios are really, really important to draft it because you only got a few chances when it comes to, to, to dating apps. And uh, one of the main ways that they gauge whether or not they have uh, a connection with you is your bio. Mm-hmm. And I know that when guys, you know, talk about their pets, like their dogs and their cats, like that, that sort of represents their ability to care for something. Yeah. Right. But if you saw somebody that, you know, uh, drafted it in a very similar way, but said, Hey, I like plants that have the same sort of panache that the dog and the cat thing would be. I don't think so. No, not for, and I have a ton of plants and a ton of animals, as you know. Um, and let me tell you, the animals are a lot more work than the plants are. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. You'd just just be like, Oh, you dirty hippie. Yeah. You know, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Like uh, if a guy is like, eh, if I ask him, Oh, do you like dogs? They're like, meh. Or you like animals? Meh. If a guy doesn't like animals, no, you're done. If a guy doesn't like animals, he doesn't like himself. And I know what I've noticed in some <laughs> of those profiles, they'll be like, I'll probably like your dog more than I like you. Have you seen those? Yeah. Don't say that either. That's weird. Yeah. 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 So back to what we're talking about on this, this hashtag. And yeah. I've experienced this before. That the, the the honeymoon phase is if you can keep it going for as long as you can, that's great. But there's going to be a certain period of time where you have to integrate that person into your regular everyday life, and you can find somebody that is totally okay, which is having a conversation with you on a Thursday night. Not necessarily, you know, have to go out on a date. I mean, dates are good, but I think a long term uh, sort of uh, sustainability sort of piece is that if you're able to communicate and just do regular everyday things. That's somebody that you probably want to keep. You yeah. know what I mean? I agree. Especially I agree. nowadays because of the whole the COVID thing that's been going on for a year. I know of a lot of people that had to get really creative in terms of what kind of date that they were going to go on. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I know of yeah. a friend that actually took a, uh, a, uh, took a date to a restaurant and got takeout and then um, drove to the top of this parking structure that was in a Home Depot parking lot okay. because the parking structure overlooked Hollywood and you were able to see the Hollywood sign from it. Oh, that's cool. It's cool, right? Oh, yeah. So they're talking about this whole story of like, yeah, we just like went to the very top of this parking, this Home Depot parking structure and we ate food and uh, we overlooked the city and just had a nice conversation. Oh, that's awesome. Are they still dating or no? Yes, they are. They are? Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So stuff like that. You can appreciate the creativity. You know what I mean? We're going to have to talk offline. I want to know who did that. It's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll let you know. Okay. You're next, Jen. Okay. All right. This is from, let's see. Oh man, I cut off. I think it's Chauncey Sugar Sweets. Chauncey. I haven't Chauncey. heard that name in a long time. It's like that guy Chauncey. said you Chauncey. Chauncey. <laughs> I never actually looked up to see what Chauncey actually meant. While you're talking about that, I'm going to look it up. Okay. 
This is a long one. Okay, it says, when I was a teenager, I visited my uncle and stayed on his ranch, and he had two llamas, and I asked him why on earth he owned llamas, and he said, well, because I worked hard my entire life, and I like them, and I never, uh, and it was the most king shit I'd ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the most king shit? Yeah. That's like, like a guy it. that knows what he likes. Yeah, he's like, I worked my whole life, and I like them, so I got some, got some llamas. <laughs> I like yeah. yeah. You go on with your bad self. Get some llamas. Yeah, it's like he just likes them just because. Yeah, and he does it with such conviction. It's like how can he be wrong? Yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of catches you off guard because you never, never expect to. What would you do if you dated a guy and he had llamas and he said that exact same thing to you? I would laugh and I'd be like, "Go on with your bad self." Yeah, and yeah, like the, I've got a lot of respect for someone that knows what they like, you know. Yeah, and they just I mean, spit I like in your llamas. Face. Yeah. What if they like spit in your face while like you're on a date with them? Would I'd that be laugh. a deal breaker that or was that hilarious. more of like it? Yeah. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That'd that be would, a very I, memorable date. And then you could tell that story forever. Like, oh my God, I met yeah. this guy on Tinder and uh, went over his house because he said he had llamas and he fucking yeah. did. And one of them spit in my face. I mean, yeah. that's pretty cool. You had that's a llama great. for your mama. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and so I looked up the name Chauncey, and it says, uh, according to Wikipedia, it says, um, uh, as a boy's name is of the Middle English origin, meaning good fortune. Oh. So I guess we've been getting it wrong this entire time. So when you call somebody a Chauncey, I mean, of course, don't just tell a stranger that they're a Chauncey. It actually means good fortune. How about that? What does your name you know mean? What I mean? Do you know? My name mean? No, I have to look it up. I've heard, uh, I mean, we, we went over this on Urban Dictionary. Oh, Remember yeah, yeah, when we, we talked did. about my name? It was a mentally challenged cat. Yeah, yeah. That like, no, likes I meant to hang like, out on statues. Like the general, like, oh, you know, your name means sunshine or whatever. Eric meaning. I mean, I can look it up and we can see. Oh, okay. So let's see. It says word, it's Old Norse meaning sole ruler or eternal ruler. And or the, the region of origin, according to Wikipedia, is Germania. Germania? Yeah, Germania. Where the fuck is Germania? Yeah, and then, then Eric is a Christian boy name, and it is an English originated name with multiple meanings. Eric meaning a brave ruler, every ever powerful, and the associated lucky number is eight and thirteen, which is interesting because I was actually born on October thirteenth, Jen. How about that? And eight's my lucky number. Hey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, there you go. There you go. That's a good one. So yeah, if you meet a guy that has a llama. That can in. only mean good things, especially two of them. Yeah, I'm in. You have, you have a, a male and a female llama, two boys, Did you two date girls, a guy that whatever. had a farm? Like if he was uh, about that life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm from yeah. the South. That's like pretty, <laughs> pretty common. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like you too. I feel like if like a llama spit in my face, I'd probably laugh at myself first before anybody else did. Oh, yeah. Are you, are you one of those people that like when you hurt yourself... Like I, I, I run into, I mean, I can be clearly clumsy. I mean, I, I walk into doors, I trip on my own feet and, mm -hmm. um, I just find it hilarious. One, yeah. because I, I can't believe that I, I experienced that, but two, it's just one of those things that sort of like reaffirms the fact that you're alive. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to share this one here and this is actually just one that I just came up on. It's just randomly. It says love cuddles. That's, that's the, the Instagram username. And it says this cutie award has been presented to you for being a very attractive human being. Keep up the good work. And the reason why this one kind of stuck out to me is because of pet names. 
I was thinking about this today. Pet names that people create for each other whenever they enter into relationships. And they wanted to kind of research the psychology of this. Have you, have you gotten in relationships where you start using pet names? Oh, man. This is, this is where the podcast gets embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my pet names are really fucking lame. Like the lamest. Really? Yeah, really bad. Mm-hmm. Well, before you get into that, so I was able to pull this up, and it seems to be, um, there seems to be a variety of languages with pet names. This is actually off of uh, Scientific American. Okay. And it says, according to the website of popular language learning software, Rosetta Stone, okay. the French say this is their version of pet names uh, just across the world. And this is Mon Petit Chow, right? So that, that's what the French say is like a pet name. It means my little cabbage oh. or cream puff. Cream puff. It would be the Excellent. equivalent of them saying, of us saying babe or baby. Yeah. Like in our native tongue. Yeah. You know, so that Mon Petit Chow. So if you guys want another name that you can name your significant other, um, wow. Mon Petit Chow sounds. That's a lot of syllables though. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of babe is that it's like one. Babe. Easy. That's true. That's Mon sort of like the chow. American way. Ooh. Just makes it very, very simple. This has a little. This has an air of creativity and romance to it. Obviously, the French created it. My little cabbage. My little you know cabbage. what? I might. I might even just say my little cabbage. You know what I mean? To be like, I actually hey, prefer that. Hey, my little cream puff. That <laughs> that may actually have alternate meanings depending on who you ask. It it, oh. it kind of almost sounds like you're calling somebody fat. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's an understanding with the French. Anyways, the, and then for Russians, they say Vyshenka, which means cherry. Oh, that's, that's cute, though. Yeah. I like that. And, and I'm sure they don't just say, hey, Vyshenka. They have like a whole probably stream of, of Russian dialogue that goes along with that. So the Russians say Vyshenka, which means cherry. And that actually and sounds Dutch, cute. Most Russian words are, are really harsh, and it sounds like they're fighting. Oh, so, like German? When they're talking. Yeah, Germans like that, too. So, yeah. Okay. And then the Dutch, the Dutch call girlfriends dropje, which means candy. Dropje, mm-hmm. it's D-R-O-P-J-E. Okay. Which means candy. And then in Brazil, you can say mew chuchu. Mew chuchu, where chuchu is a vegetable. Mm. Yeah, so it's like calling somebody a vegetable. And in, in Spain. tells me that we're not pronouncing that right in Portuguese. We'll Probably. Have to, we'll have to phone a friend. We'll have to call Eddie and ask him. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not pronouncing it right. It's just in mew chuchu, <laughs> where chuchu is a vegetable. And then in Spain, uh, they heard the term media naranja, media naranja, meaning half orange. Okay. Yeah. Half orange. And it makes okay. sense. Orange or, or on, yeah, orange, suggesting that the romantic partners are two halves of the whole. Oh, cute. Right? So there's meaning behind that. Okay. All right. That's cute. And then, uh, what does it say? And the BBC did its own international roundup in 2013, which dug up terms like Chang Noa, Chang N-O-I, Chang Noa, which means little elephant in Thai. Oh. And then Gazal, Gazal, which is gazelle in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's all different, all different types of, these are, I think pet names, they're forms of endearment, right? Because it's, it's, it almost seems like human nature to take language and shape it for our own purposes because it becomes like a very intimate dance with somebody because you're almost like saying, this is what, this is belongs to us and it doesn't belong to anybody mm-hmm. else. Yeah. You know, this is something special that we have. 
And even though that person knows a lot of other people, they have a lot of friends, they have a lot of associations, amongst all of that, you still have this. And that is just for you guys. And it's really only understood by you guys. I mean, I've been one of those couples where it's like you have these cutesy names that like when you're around people and they're like, oh, how cute. Yeah. You guys, you know what I mean? Like that sort yeah. of thing. So I feel like everybody does them. I mean, I, I'm a pretty big fan of babe and babe and like honey and love and things like that. Mm-hmm. But now you have to share your embarrassing ones, Jen. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. This is, yeah, my college, my college boyfriend, um, I called him turkey butt. Turkey butt? Yeah. <laughs> you called him turkey yeah. butt? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Turkey is that butt. like a socially acceptable thing to say when you're in Texas? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even remember how it started or where it came from. But yeah, okay. that what a terrible name. And he loved turkey it. Turkey butt? Yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah. he loved it? Yeah. And then it Can transitioned you? into like Turk and Turks and, you know, all the abbreviation of Turkey. Hey, Turks, yeah. Turks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Turk. It's, it, yeah. Can you say it in the same voice that you used to say it in? <laughs> no, probably not. I don't remember how you used to say it. Okay, like, hey, turkey butt. Turkey butt. Turkey butt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we do the same yeah, thing so. with pets too. You know, my cat's name is Binks and I have like yeah. 10 different variations of the same name. I call her oh, Binks, yeah. Binksers sauce, Binksers, Binks Binks. Binksy. You know, Binksy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. So uh, there's a Bruce study co-authored by retired professor Judy C. Pearson specifically looked at the relationship between nicknames and the satisfaction of married people. The authors use the term idiosyncratic communication to talk about nicknames. She says that they're expressions of affection and uh, other sorts of insider language used only within a specific relationship. Uh, Bruce and Peterson found that idiosyncratic communication is associated with marital satisfaction and couples in their first five years of marriage without children reported using, I guess another word for pet names would be idioms. Interesting. You know, uh, we have no children and we are in our first five years of marriage. And I never called Jeremy by his name. And actually I did the other day. Uh, I don't remember why. And he stopped and he looked at me like, what? Because I usually oh, yeah. call him call him honey or bunny like because yeah. he's my honey bunny. So sometimes I'm like, bunny you know, don't do that or honey. Cause they kind of yeah. sound the same and just kind of whatever comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, which reminds me of a story at Christmas time, our friend Nancy came over and our house was like lit up. We had all this shit in the yard, like all the things, you know? And she was like, Oh my God. When I started walking up, I could just hear you, honey, put some glitter on that. Honey, <laughs> hey, hang that light a little higher. Honey, can you grab that for me? <laughs> I yeah. was like, Oh my God, that's so me. That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah. And everything that I researched um, talks about that too, where it's like, it becomes such like a universal language between you and your significant other that when the person actually says their name, they feel that it's something off like, oh shit, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, totally. But then there was this mm-hmm. other school of thought that I was reading about in these articles, which talked about, there are some couples that don't do pet names at all. And the reason why is because there's something about it for some people that takes the romance out of, out of it for them. There's something about hearing their name that almost reinforces this fact that like, I'm still the person that you, you first met and you're still that individual sort of you that, you know, I met and it it sort of, uh, it it creates that sort of comfortable sort of distance and, 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 um, individuality between you and that other person. That's just what some people go through. You know, 
this makes sense to me because I dated a guy and he used a lot of baby talk, like in the little oh, yeah. baby talk voice and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as the years went on, I mean, it turned into being very unattractive, right? Yeah. And it was like, oh, the baby voice was just like, oh, nails on a chalkboard, like gross. Right. You know, it was no, it wasn't like cutesy anymore. It was not like, mas- it is not, a masculine, not masculine, not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want so to like that. find that a, makes sense. you want to strike like a good balance. Cause I've never gone full ham when it comes to like the baby voices, you know, but I have found myself um, feeling comfortable enough, you know, to, to kind of venture into that realm when it comes to, you know, uh, spaces of vulnerability and stuff like that. And I think that's another thing that women also like about men is that their, their ability to share a very specific side of themselves that other people don't get to experience, which is if you're a guy that's like very much like a guy in regular everyday life, but you share that very intimate soft side with your partner, mm-hmm. there's something that allows you to play into that a little bit more. And mm-hmm. on the other side of that, actually, now that you brought it up, the, the, um, the sort of baby voices, I actually was reading up about this the other day. And the reason why it came into my mind is because I remember listening to Loveline years ago, oh, where it was Dr. Drew and I Adam Corolla talking yeah. about talking to a girl that Dr. Drew suspected may have experienced um, uh, sexual abuse, right? Because I thought yeah. to myself, like, there are some women out there that will perpetually speak in a little girl voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Right? And we thought about, okay, well, what is that? Like, what is what is their impulse to do that? Because that that there are maybe some people that have the, the vocal cords to be able to sustain that high of a pitch, but there are some women, especially even women that I've met in the past, that they seem to be very much like a woman, but they speak in this little girl voice. Yeah, right? that's gross. And Dr. Drew actually um, was able to uh, trail it back to psychological mm-hmm. trauma before the onset of puberty. Yeah. Because there's like a certain point, um, uh, there's a certain point where they experience the trauma mm-hmm. and there's something about not being able to move on from that experience that keeps them in this perpetual state of almost thinking and behaving like a child. Like a child, to yeah. To where that baby, that little girl voice is something that just becomes a part of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime I hear that, that's the first thing that I think of. I was yeah. like, ooh, Yeah. And Dr. Drew really discovered sad. it um, after practicing medicine for many years and noticing a very distinct pattern with his patients, whom he often converses with personally during the treatment process. He noticed mm-hmm. all the female patients who talked a certain way had a trauma history, usually sexual abuse, that they were revealed during the session. Mm-hmm. And so this came up, I remember, I remember this episode um, in Loveline because she was talking about um, issues involving love. And Dr. Drew was like, there's something else here. There's something else about yeah. the, the way that this girl talks and behaves that and may then actually he, yeah he would answers. just yeah hey, let me ask you something did you experience sexual trauma as a child and then yeah. nine times out of ten they'd be like yeah how'd you know yeah. right so that's also something to look out for too I imagine this can be this can happen on both sides I mean I, I, I maybe it's more uncommon for a guy to just talk in that sort of like pet sort of baby voice sometimes but you know maybe look out look out for that yeah for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, and there's I, a lot I'm, of it. I mean, a lot of it. I know a lot of people who were sexually abused as children, you know, mm-hmm. even, you know, people in my family that came out way later in life as adults. Yeah. I was like, whoa, really? Oh my gosh, I never mm-hmm. knew that. Yeah. So, yeah. More common so, than you think. Yeah. So it just, you know, 
everybody's different. You know, you may be in a relationship where you guys just like the pet names, and that's totally cool. If that's your vibe, awesome. Uh, but that's just a little science behind why we do it. It's a form of endearment. Everybody does it. It's a way that you guys can create your own little reality in their own little bubble and your own little um, intimate space that you can consider yours and that you could, you know, separate that from the outside world. So that's for sure. So that was uh, one of them. Do you have it? And it's your turn, John. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. Um, This one is not that heavy. All right. This one is another, my therapist says, and it says, I just want someone to look at me the way I look at a menu. (laughs) The way that you look at a menu? Yeah. Mm. Uh, So basically just, just somebody that you really, really want and kind of want to love, but also destroy at the same time. Yeah. Devour. Do you ever get food envy when you're at a restaurant? Like maybe like, you go like, to eat with a person and there's two things on the menu that you want. You order one thing and oh yeah. then the other person orders the other thing that you wanted. And then the food comes out and you're looking at their food the whole time and you're like, damn, that looks way better. I should have got that. Yeah. And you have, I think are that, like envious of the food. Oh, absolutely. And I, I've actually thought about this too, because I've um, had experience with children too. I think this mm-hmm. is a trait that we sort of inherit from our childhood. Because I remember being with parents that had kids, and for whatever reason, the kids are very, very definitively want a certain thing. But whenever the mother gets something else, they automatically want that too. It's like they want, they want it all. Like they want yeah. everything. They want yeah. to try everything, and that's just sort of like the willingness to explore as children. But I feel like adults do that too, because I've been in relationships where, and I think couples go through this, where you're like, you're either in the drive-through, you're in the in the restaurant, and you're like, okay, I'm going to get this. And they're like, you're like, do you want something? You're like, no, 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 I'm not hungry. You're like, are you sure? Because I'm going to get this. And we can go back around. They're like, no, 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 I don't want that. You can go ahead and get it. And then this they end up getting fries. it. And then they end up wanting it. Yeah. This happens with fries all the time. I try not to order fries and Jeremy will always order fries. And he's like, don't get your own fries if you want fries. I'm like, no, no, I don't want any fries. And he's like, no. You can't have any of mine if you don't order any. And I was like, no, come on. Just, I just want a couple. So, yeah, the, we go through the, that. The fry game is a serious game, Jen. It is. There's no fucking around with fries. No. You know what I'm saying? No. I'm still he looking for pissed. the people he that. He gets pissed about his fries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still suspicious of the people that, you know, I assign to go get fries and they come back and there's like not that many fries. I'm like, there's somebody that's doing that shit. Somebody's dipping still looking in the fry for that bag. Person. Yeah. Exactly. Fries are no, no laughing matter. That's a serious business, the fry game. What do you dip your fries in? Fries? Yeah. Um, it just depends. It depends. I like it depends on where I get the actual fries. It depends mm-hmm. on the establishment where they come from. But you know, I'm just say they come from Chick-fil-A. I'm Chick- bringing out the big guns because they have lots of sauces. <laughs> the, the Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah, I like ranch. You know, just things like that. Ranch? Yeah. Come on, don't act like that's like unheard of, Jen. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. I like uh, I like to dip my fries in ice cream too, if that's an option. Oh yeah, yeah, that's like a thing too, for sure. And and I and I've also like um, experienced like uh, different things when it comes to that. Like uh, when you're when you spend twenty minutes with your significant other trying to figure out where you're going to eat for dinner, and they're like, "No, I don't care. Go ahead and pick a place." You're like, "Are you sure?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, just find anywhere." And then you pick a place, and they're like, oh, "I don't want to go there." <laughs> <laughs> you're just like, "Come on." I imagine people that are listening to this podcast have gone through with that. You just got to be patient. That's just a part of the game. You know, (laughs) they want you to take the initiative, at least from my perspective as a a man, just the initiative to just get the ball rolling. 
Yeah, I think that that's just part of life, though. And then maybe someone suggests, oh, let's get Mexican, but you had Mexican for lunch. And then you're yeah. like, no, I don't want that. I had it for lunch. Yeah. You know? Even though they yeah. like it. Right. Yeah. So, But you don't like, want to be like, oh, yeah, let's get whatever you want except Mexican, you know? Yeah. Because then that yeah. sounds... The one thing that comes up for awesome. me in that meme that you were talking about is like there's this... Uh, there's this, there's two sides, I think, to every, every sort of scenario of attraction when it comes to looking at your partner like you would a menu. Mm-hmm. There's like this real nice sort of Ryan Gosling in the notebook romantic side, and then there's this sort of animalistic sort of primitive side in you that also wants to jump their bones at the same time. Yeah. So Somebody's I imagine like, it's you're like, a snack. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Dang. I'm going to come and get you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. look at you like I'm looking at a you know, a Beyond Burger or whatever, whatever happens to be what you like to eat. Yeah. Something like that, you know? <laughs> All right. I'm dip my hand into holding relationships, usernames, holding relationship handle on um, IG. And this one's a little serious. I think it says, I just heard someone say, just because you love me doesn't mean I feel loved by you. Ooh. And the reason why this one kind of stuck out to me is because a, uh, of uh, a conversation um, that I had with somebody a while back and it was between him and his, uh, and I'm not talking about me, by the way. These are real conversations that I have because all my life I've been that sort of person that gave other people advice on the relationships mm-hmm. and uh, giving my perspective. Um, of course, only solicited advice. But um, when a woman would tell said person like that they didn't feel loved or they didn't feel cared for, and the guy's like, or or let's put it a different way. He's like, okay, you never take, she, she says, you never take me on an dates anymore you never we never go anywhere and do anything and the guy says i took you out last week we went on a date last week but what she's really trying to communicate is this sort of emotional distance not the Mm -hmm. sort of like rational sort of practical approach so like when a woman Mm -hmm. tells you that she doesn't feel loved it doesn't mean that you can just sort of put a band-aid on it and be like well revert to real life scenarios which you know she should also consider but there's an emotional component that i feel like um, go through a, a woman where their emotions are very, very different from going and taking them out and doing something. Mm-hmm. So if she's saying that she doesn't feel loved, there's an emotional component to that. It means that she feels very distant from you emotionally right. and, you know, developing ways in order to bring closeness between you. You know what I mean? That's a good one. That's a really yeah, good I, one. I just heard someone say, just because you love me doesn't mean I feel loved by you. So it's it, the words and the actions are two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. I've been with people where it's like you, they, they, they're very, very serious and sincere about saying, I love you, but their behavior doesn't back it up. Right. You know, yeah. it doesn't yeah, match. Like, the action doesn't match. No, the action does. <laughs> the action needs to match. I mean, that's, I would rather someone not tell me they love me and then show me that they love me. Yeah. But that's my love language though. So. Yours is what, acts of service? Acts of service, yeah. Yeah. I don't need I to, are you saying that? I yeah, I don't that. Need to hear you take uh, you take somebody uh, taking out the trash in a cuddle. Oh yeah. yeah, any day. Actually, this happened today. I yeah. came downstairs from working, and the dishes were done, and the backyard was mowed, and the kitchen was clean, and there's there's my sweet oh, husband sitting on the couch, oh, and I looked at him, oh. and I was like, "Is it my birthday?" I was like, You're "What like, the fuck's going on in here?" <laughs> I was like, "Everything's like, clean," and he was like, yeah. he looked at me. Over his golf magazine, he was like, I'm trying to be a good boy. And I'm like, what is he up oh, to? <laughs> what like, is I'm gonna he up to? I'm going to destroy you. 
Uh. You're like, I want that one. <laughs> you're like, really I want nice. that one. Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day when they were talking about, isn't it such a weird process? Like when we go, when we look for a significant other, and we go out into the wild and we just sort of like pick one. Mm-hmm. And we got into this sort of like inside joke of like, yeah, I want that one. We just yeah, like, we find good. somebody and when you say like, I want that one. Yeah. Just pick them out, you know? Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting close to time, but I wanted to share a couple more of these that I thought were interesting. One of them is halfway to perfect. It says, I love you more every day, except for yesterday. You were annoying as fuck. <laughs> Amen. And nothing's going to happen, you know? It, mm-hmm. This is a cool thing when you can find a couple that is aware of the fact that, you know, you're, you're going to get annoyed with each other from time to time and you can find some humor in that. Because, I mean, you're going to piss each other off and you are going to we know each other from time to time. The question is, is, is not that it'll happen. The question is just when it'll happen, you know? So if you can find somebody that can draw some humor and they can still love you despite all of your differences and despite, you know, you being different, that's definitely somebody that you want to keep. That's a good one. And then the last, and then the last one that I have is, Dear Future Spouse. <laughs> this is funny. This is by Dana Barish. It says, Dear Future Spouse, May God continue destroying your dating relationships until we meet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I mean, call it what it is. That's exactly what happens. That's exactly because, what you know, happens. Yeah. It, 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 that's uh, putting it very plainly, but, you know, if they've made it to you, they've probably gone through a really, really, really long journey of being with the wrong person in order to arrive to you. Oh, you yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. Everyone has. Yeah. Everyone yeah. has damaged goods. Yeah, so I love that one. Dear future spouse, may God continue destroying your dating relationships until we meet. I like that. That's really cute. Yeah, that's really F. Do you have any more? Um, I do, but they're, you know, my hashtag love quotes are not pulling up love quotes, but I think this one is kind of funny. Okay. Um, this will be and, the last one, unless you have a couple more. Uh, I don't. This is it. Yeah. So it said, I almost left the grocery store without buying a bag of spring mix to throw unopened into the garbage in two weeks oh my gosh you know i go through this issue when it comes to buying stuff at trader joe's every every time and i get so mad at myself i'm like why do i keep buying a spring mix i never eat it and then it's wilted and i end up throwing it away and i hate wasting food so every time this is this spoke to me and you know you can kind of get a pass because they're plants and you know plants are just perpetually always growing you know but i i feel bad too uh, when I when I waste food, but Trader mm-hmm. Joe's I think is kind of just for me something that tends to happen really often because they I don't know if it's when they stock their shelves right before it expires, but the one thing that I did notice let's just talk about avocados for example. Oh, there are memes that are circulating the internet about avocados because you have a very small window of time to eat an avocado mm-hmm. between when it's ripening and then when it's ripe and then when it gets old. Yeah, and if you miss that window. You're fucked, basically. Yeah, that's it. So that's a that that is something that I need to be better at when it comes to avocados. I'll I'll get them when they're ripe because I'm like, all right, these are ready to go. You wait even a day or two, and they're just they're dust. You got to get half and half. You got to get ripe ones and ones that aren't ready yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And then actually, one more. I'll just stick this one in. It says, "I'm semi clingy in a relationship. I like my space, but I want you in my space." Well, I have my space, if that makes sense. Yeah. They wrote that for me. 
I joke all the time with Jeremy. I'm like, I, I really love you and I love being married to you, but it'd be really awesome if I had my own house next door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want you here, but I don't want you here, but, but I kind of want, want you here, here, but I don't want you here. Yeah. And when he goes out of town and the house stays clean for a week, it's so awesome. And I'm just like, oh yeah, oh, yeah. house is clean every day. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's strive for that. It's a lot of good information. <laughs> a lot of good information. Well, that was that was our adventure into the wonderful world of social media hashtags. Yeah. This episode lighter, we did. Lighter, funner love. episode. Funner. Funner is not a word. That, a lighter, more them? fun. I don't think funner is a word. Funner? Is Whatever. Funner a word? I don't know. We, we get, you know I'll look that one up. I think it makes sense. But yeah, yeah. I'll get it. So we looked up the hashtag love. Maybe next time we'll pick something else, Jen. Okay. Yeah. We'll pick another one. See see where that leads us. It's always good to know where people are are going these days. Because all shapes and sizes, the one thing that I gather is that people are trying and people still believe in love. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing to see all these little sort of idiosyncratic forms of communication like we talked about. And uh, it just, you know, reaffirms the the fact that like love is still there. Love is still here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, thank you guys for tuning in to Vine Nobody's Podcast. If you guys uh, want to reach out to us, we're on social media. You can find us on Instagram. It's where we post our clips. Uh, if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, feel free to leave us a review. It really helps us out. Let's us know how we're doing. If you click into the details section of uh, the bio of each episode, you'll actually find links to our YouTube. If you're on YouTube, you want to check out these videos. We post them. So if you want to see uh, Jen and I staring at each other, you can do that. <laughs> If you want to reach out to us, definitely reach out to Podcast at Gmail. You can also go to our website. If you don't have a streaming media platform, if you're one of those people, you can stream it from the website for free without um, needing to subscribe to anything like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So definitely check us out. Till next time, namaste, friends. Namaste.